Hello there, you're listening to Manufacturing Tomorrow, brought to you by the Ohio Manufacturing Institute at The Ohio State University. I'm Katherine Kelly, your host. Today we are speaking with Ben Redwood, Director of Business Development at 3D Hubs, headquartered in Amsterdam, Netherlands. Founded in 2013, 3D Hubs uses an automated design for manufacturing analysis to offer parts prototyping and production to manufacturers using 3D printing, CNC machining, and injection molding. Ben has also served as the director of supply chain, where he grew the 3D Hubs global supply chain across all manufacturing technologies. He began his tenure at 3D Hubs as a technical marketing manager, establishing the 3D Hubs knowledge base and authoring the 3D printing handbook. Prior to 3D Hubs, Ben was market development engineer at Galvanizers Association of Australia. He received his doctorate in mechanical engineering at University of Canterbury. Ben, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, Catherine. Who are 3D Hub's primary customers? Good question. I mean, I would like to say everybody. Um, and our goal is really to make manufacturing easy. Uh, that's what we're setting out to do as, as a company. So to, to make it as simple as an accessible and as accessible as, uh, as ordering shoes online from Amazon. Um, and that's where we're really trying to disrupt the industry. Right now, though, our two core customers are mechanical engineers, design engineers, product designers who are using our website for low run um, production across all technologies where they want to prototype or, or get parts in hand really quickly to check a design. Um, and the other side that we work a lot with is the purchasing departments. So making purchasing and putting things into production um, and being able to see prices uh, much, much easier across the board. What type of manufacturers are you primarily dealing with? So. We deal with a large range of manufacturers. I'm sure you can understand. Uh, 3D printing suppliers have very different needs and uh, setups to CNC manufacturers, which have different arrangements to injection mold suppliers. Um, and so we cover the whole spectrum there. Um, we have some smaller 3D printing companies we work with that have uh, 10 or around 10 3D printers um, set up in a, in a building that they operate on uh, up to large scale manufacturers um, all throughout the world who have hundreds of CNC machines or hundreds of injection molding machines. So there's a large plethora of, uh, of suppliers that we cover there and that really allows us to to have quite a unique offering and, uh, and really make sure that we can serve our customers' needs no matter what type of file they submit with 3D Hubs. And what are those customers' needs? What 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 are you normally? I mean, because that's a a wide offering you have with the three D printing, the CNC machining, and the inject, injection molding, and including others. Correct. Yeah. So I think the the big value add for three D hubs. So I'll quickly explain how our website works. Basically. Um, Customers come to 3D Hubs, they have to have a 3D file, that's one of our requirements, um, and they can upload it into our checkout, um, indicate which technology they'd like to produce their parts with, so 3D printing, CNC machining, or injection molding, um, and then we'll analyze the parts and instantly show them a price and instantly show them design for manufacture feedback. And customers can vary the materials, they can vary the surface finish, they can change the quantities and all this updates automatically and gives this feedback straight back to the customer. So they can make quick decisions on whether they want to purchase. And then we use this uh, this feature, sorry, we use our website in conjunction with a global network of manufacturers, um, which means that we have instant capacity all the time. So someone in our network will always have room to be able to put the, the job that a customer submits in. Um, and these certified suppliers we work with um, are constantly looking at orders that are coming in and they can pick and choose how they engage with 3D hubs. So we can do everything that means from uh, the one or two 
type of uh, part production for something like 3D printing or, or CNC machining, right up to hundreds of thousands of parts using injection molding. And, and we really encompass the entire manufacturing spectrum there with hundreds of materials on, on offer as well. Sounds like the engineering services you provide is also in, in terms of matchmaking with the customer's needs to uh, what we call job shops. Yeah, exactly. So um, we're a little bit different there. How we work is kind of the opposite way where we will, once an order is sold on 3D Hubs, it will appear on a job form um, and the, a supplier will be able to see the jobs based on an indication to us of their technology, uh, the size of their machines or their build volumes, the materials that they have on offer, the tolerances they're able to achieve. Um, and that'll filter out the jobs and send them to the relevant suppliers. And multiple suppliers can see a job at once and the first person to click on it and accept it uh, wins the job. And, and this means that in some cases we can put orders into production as quick as five, 10 minutes. Uh, if the supplier is sitting there ready to click on that order straight away and they understand uh, what it requires, then it can go straight into their production line. And this is one of the big advantages of having a distributed network like 3D Hubs. In, in terms of streamlining, I'm assuming that that helps you develop, um, produce the 2 million parts that uh, since 2013, correct? Correct. So yeah, we were founded in 2013. Originally, our focus was just on 3D printing, but we really saw the value of applying our our sourcing and our pricing uh, methodology to uh, to a large range of technologies in manufacturing. And our plan really is to add more and more um, over the years. So we've got a good framework now, and and once we can establish some basic pricing, we can quickly add new technologies, say sheet metal is going to be something that's going to come for us later in the year and, and castings in the future as well. Um, but because we're quite agile here and, and we move very quickly, that means that uh, we get a large number of, of, of files uploaded and that means that we can do a lot of analysis. And as a result, yeah, we've, we've produced around 2.5 million parts since we first launched across all these technologies. And that gives us really valuable data about what our, what our customers are working on, what our suppliers are accepting and helps us fine tune and make smart decisions um, to make sure our product is actually perfectly suited for our customers and for the industry as a whole. Given your wide reach uh, with, with an, as you said, an, a number of, of different suppliers, um, are you seeing any trends in, in either the, um, um, you know, the customer's requests or, the, um, or what you're seeing uh, in the supply chain in regards to the technologies? Yeah, it's a little bit of a chicken and the egg situation for us. So um, customers will order what we offer. And so the we find, and fortunately, customers can also reach out to us uh, via phone or via email if they, if they have a request that's not shown in our checkout. So we usually quickly learn what the trends are and where they're going to come. But on our checkout, we obviously can't have brand new technologies until we've made sure they're established and, and they're something that our customers want. Um, for us, we, we see a large number of customers ordering um, aluminium CNC machining. It's perfect material for prototyping, low cost, machines really well, can hold good tolerances, is, has a good strength to weight ratio. Um, and on 3D printing, it, it still seems to be an industry very driven by cost. So PLA um, dominates for us there, which is a, a low cost FDM prototyping uh, material. Um, on the 3D printing side, we're certainly seeing an increase in, um, in orders for powder-based technologies, particularly the new HP uh, multi-jet fusion technology, which is um, becoming very, very popular on our website. And, and the popularity is causing the, the price to go down even further and be even more competitive. 
Um, and this technology produces parts out, out of nylon, so it's actually a very functional. It produces very functional parts that are that are something that the three D printing industry has kind of struggled with in the past. Um, so that's certainly driving there, uh, and also uh, a lot of demand for metal three D printing as well, which is always the buzzword in the industry. Um, but this has uh, some other difficulties. So it's quite difficult to actually design parts for metal three D printing, and then that's a big role that three D Hubs is trying to take in this industry to be smart about how we approach these type of requests and how we can ensure um, customers get the best possible outcome while also applying all these agile and and automated processes that we have on our website. Are composite materials entering the scene? We've seen an increase in, in metal 3D printing as well, and I'm, I'm curious if you're seeing anything related to the composites. I mean, we've had Mark forged on our um, on our platform since uh, as soon as they launched, and they use a continuous strand of carbon fiber placed inside nylon, so you get very, very strong parts um, produced out of plastics. Uh, which is, is a fantastic example of 3D printing using com- composites. We also see some um, demand for uh, integrated circuitry in 3D printing, and I think there's some crossover there for the industry as well, but we're, we're not seeing too much. I think printers like the new Ultimaker, which has uh, dual-head extrusion, so you can produce flexual, like flexible rubber parts while having stiff parts from ABS, these types of balances. Um, are still quite new with the industry, um, but I think as as the material prices keep going down and and as these uh, as customers and and engineers become more educated on how they can utilize these technologies, I certainly think that uh, that composites will be uh, play a very very big part, and not only in the combination of materials, but in using different materials together with complex geometries to really get performance out of designs is something I find particularly interesting. In in terms of um, Industry 4.0, of course, that uh, started arguably in in Europe and is now um, more global over the years. And so what what types of developments are capturing your attention? I mean, we we really like to think that we're at the forefront of this. And I think the the key part of Industry 4.0 is connectivity and data. So Everything speaks to everything. Everything is giving constant feedback and, and everything's kind of tied in and joined together. And, that, and that's a key part of our business model. And I think um, a, a good example of this is we we use pricing. We use a pricing algorithm on, on 3D Hubs, which uses machine learning. So when a customer uploads a file and they see a price, um, that's not an engineer at 3D Hubs behind the scenes sitting down and calculating how much that part's going to cost. What we're doing is we're looking historically at the data we have for parts that have similar geometries from similar materials ordered in a similar location um, and using that information to instantly show that price to the customer. And the benefit to this is the more people that order on 3D Hubs, the more data we get. And this this information is continuously fed back to make our algorithms smarter and smarter. And the result is uh, essentially a stock market for manufacturing. So what has typically been quite a black box and usually done by some old person in a back room of a workshop calculating how much things are going to cost um, is now becoming transparent. And in places like 3D Hubs really become the share market for manufacturing. So you know when you upload a file, um, 3D Hubs isn't, isn't manipulating things behind the scene. We're just showing you a fair price of what was picked up 
um, by, say, your next door neighbor or someone down the road uh, based on what the supplier was willing to pay, what based on what previous customers were willing to pay. And it becomes this kind of living organism, exactly like the stock market works with prices going up and down, uh, matching supply and demand in the market. And I think these types of innovations are what Industry 4.0 is all about. And this is why we're so uh, so excited to be at the forefront of this. And that uh, historical data and the analytics related to that, that must be a, a, a real buffer for companies that may be risk averse. Yeah, exactly. I think, again, there's been a lot of uh, hidden behind the scenes work in manufacturing for a very long time. And a really fantastic example of this is Uber. So uh, if you thought about catching a taxi, um, if you go back 10 years, uh, you wouldn't know how much the ride was going to cost before you hopped in it. You didn't know how long it was going to take. You, you weren't sure what exactly what time you're going to get picked up or dropped off. Um, all these types of things were really a bit of a stab in the dark. You didn't know what was going to happen. And now Uber's come along and, and made this a completely transparent industry. So you can see price straight away. You can see when your car's coming. You can see what the model of your car is and who your driver is and what their reviews have been. Um, and we truly believe that uh, that manufacturing is the next industry to be disrupted like this. And I think the model that we've we've taken and we've built around is really based on these kind of core ideas that that Uber had. That let's make this all very clear, and so the customer can make smarter and quicker decisions. Um, and and that's what we're trying to do, and that's really what we're trying to disrupt. You might be onto something there. <laughs> yeah, well, we we really believe we are, and I think. Uh, our customers are certainly starting to embrace this and we see more and more people coming in as of this for a real alternative in manufacturing. And our goal is obviously to be the full-scale production company and to be doing this uh, with all the big companies around the world. Right now, uh, we're seeing a lot of demand in the prototyping mid load of mid to low volume production areas um, with some companies really using us for production but we, we really want to move into that space and say this is the norm now this is how you should be ordering parts this is how transparent this industry should be um, and giving engineers the tools to just make quicker decisions I think that's what's really important and you're finding the companies I mean that ROI is definitely the uh, a big factor for them and use in using new technologies so if they can outsource that part of it that that would help a lot yeah correct we, for a lot of people we kind of become their supply chain manager particularly for the smbs that we work with so uh supply chain managers are expensive to employ and uh basically with someone someplace like through like a marketplace like 3d hubs so um you can come in and you can instantly see the pricing you can trust that we're going to work with certified suppliers and we take all the risk for you. So as an engineer, you don't need to worry about sourcing or any of that. You just click a button and uh, 3D Hubs delivers the parts to you a couple of days later. Uh, given that manufacturing career pathways are an important topic of discussion stateside, I wanted to ask you about your career. Uh, would you share your career path you know, starting at uh, you know, your, your uh, doctoral degree in mechanical engineering and then moving into uh, your, the other roles you've had at uh, other manufacturing companies onto 3D hubs? Yeah, of course. So I, uh, I did a Bachelor of Mechanical Engineering at university, and then I was fortunate enough to be offered a, a PhD after that um, with a focus on design engineering. Um, and from there, I, to be perfectly honest, I think as a new PhD student, wanting to get, or a recently graduated PhD uh, student, sorry, wanting to get out into the job market, particularly the private job market, and can be, can be quite intimidating. 
Um, and I was fortunate enough to find a company that was uh, willing to take an opportunity of me uh, on me in Australia, moving into a business development role. So I particularly enjoyed um, getting out and getting people inspired about engineering and, and learning what I thought were the really cool things that I was working on. And I don't think too many people realize this, but engineers are actually very good problem solvers. We're also generally good communicators, uh, and we're also quite passionate about the things that we that we work on. Um, so my transition actually moved into a, a type of business development role uh, with a large technical component. So uh, I was needed to be able to speak about technical engineering terms and know what a megapascal was and talk about uh, aerodynamics or corrosion rates, these types of things that we learn, um, while at the same time um, really enjoying kind of the personal interaction that I got with customers. And a lot of people think, oh, if you're an engineer, you need to move into uh, structural engineering and you just design buildings or you go into mechanical engineering and you design race cars. Um, I think people really undervalue uh, the, the, the need for good engineers in other industries and the value that we bring to that table. So I did that for a number of years and then I was fortunate enough to get an offer here at 3D Hubs in a marketing role, which again was a little bit of a change for me, but I, I was excited Basically, 3D Hubs realized that a core part of their business was engineers, and they needed an engineer who could talk to other engineers um, and speak their language. Um, so my job is really to create content uh, on 3D Hubs' website that would appeal to an engineering market. I also would travel around and do a lot of presentations and talks, meet new customers, um, and really come from an engineering point of view. Uh, and uh, that was a very exciting opportunity. A couple of years after doing that, I got the opportunity to write a book here at 3D Hubs. So me and uh, a number of colleagues sat down and we pulled all the information we had on 3D printing together. Uh, and we wrote a book about how to design parts for 3D printing called the 3D Printed Handbook. Um, and it was very successful for us as well. Um, but this also gave me a lot of exposure to our supply chain. So I, I worked with a lot of our suppliers um, globally. And as a result of that, um, the uh, co-founders here at 3D Hubs asked me to help really take over and manage the, the supply chain and build our supply chain to support the new offerings that we're about to launch with CNC and 3D printing. So again, this was a fantastic experience, something I, I never, never would have got to do if I hadn't taken the plunge and, and taken a, a marketing opportunity, um, which is quite ironic when I look back on it. And uh, yeah, I had a, a fantastic couple of years working on that supply chain and building that out. And now um, I really realized that I, I miss talking to customers and that type of engagement. So um, I've transitioned back into a business development role and we've brought in a few supply chain experts to, uh, to really take our supply chain to the next level. So I think uh, the, as an engineer with an engineering degree, I really do feel like the world is my oyster and uh, I could really move and, and pivot into any role uh, where I think I can add value. And I, I think the tough balance, and a lot of people don't realize this, is learning technical things is, is hard and being an expert in a technical field is also difficult. So if you can do that and you also have good communication skills and, you, and you're passionate about what you're working on, um, there, are, there are infinite opportunities in industry out there for people like that. Did you also work uh, early on in, a, um, I think it wasn't it during your um, your educational uh, pathway in a, um, a was it a, a lumber ex excavation equipment yeah, correct. I was uh, when I was doing my undergraduate, I was an intern for a um, or an intern design engineer, which was a fantastic experience for uh, a company owned by John Deere that make uh, harvester-based tree excavators. So, 
uh, a lot of work in the workshop there and getting my hands dirty and, and a really practical job, which I really, really enjoyed. So um, when I look back on that now, I certainly say I, I miss that element of my role. But luckily enough, we have a few 3D printers here in the office at 3D Hub, so I get to play around with those and uh, and bring home some of my crazy inventions, much to my wife's disgust. <laughs> we've been talking, <laughs> we've been talking a lot about the uh, the the hands-on skills and how important that is, and um, I was that was really curious about your experience with that. Yeah, I think that that's very very important. And again, I'm fortunate enough to do a lot of hiring in my role here at 3D Hubs, and if people have that, it certainly. Um, it puts some leagues ahead of, of people who have just kind of done a theory-based degree. I always think there are opportunities to get out into industry and, and do this. And again, a lot of my good experiences have been with the people who are kind of working on projects over the weekend. Maybe that's not their professional job, but they're, uh, I don't know, working on their motorbike or building furniture and all these kind of cool engineering. Uh, they apply in, say, the CAD they learnt while they were in engineering to be able to design parts themselves and these types of things. I think um, just having some of that good theoretical knowledge is really important. And us as 3D Hubs, we're very interested in this. A core part of our business is finding good suppliers throughout the world, and, and we really want to see a growth in the, in the trades and more and more good machinists and more and more good 3D printing operators um, kind of popping up around the country. And we hope that models like ours, uh, where we do all the marketing, we'll only we'll find all the customers for you, we'll do all the qualification, we'll make sure the parts can actually be manufactured um, and just pass these on to the manufacturers themselves to do what they're good at, which is just making parts um we really hope there's going to be some crossover there and we might see a new generation of machinists coming through who who like the fact they don't have to worry about all the other stuff and they can just do what they're good at and what they're excited about oh that makes sense i guess that's why you have a business model developed around it yeah exactly and i think um at 3d hubs we're always looking for new talent i think we've got about 30 roles live on our website at the moment so uh if any of your listeners are interested in joining the team i would encourage them to go onto our website and have a browse and and see if there are any any relevant jobs there for them to apply for all right well what's next for 3d hubs yeah, very exciting, actually. So we just closed uh, $18 million funding round in uh, February. So we have uh, a lot of really cool things planned over the next 12 months. One of the biggest steps forward for us is we're opening an office in Chicago. A again, we're going to doing a lot of hiring here. So um, please keep an eye out if you're, if you're looking for a job. I'd encourage some of your listeners to go on and, and see what's available there in the Chicago office. Uh, and that's a big step for us. We really want to start to establish ourselves more as a brand in America. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I think we're going to roll out another new technology this year. At the moment, it's most likely looking like it'll be sheet metal. So we'll do uh, analysis of sheet metal parts and instant pricing there and design for manufacturer feedback. And I think that's, that's really cool. And we also uh, have a lot of dependence on uh, international networks outside of Europe and America. Uh, and so we're looking at uh, maybe setting up some offices in some of these key locations for us as well to help support our suppliers and all around the world a bit more. And I think this is really important. I think one of the biggest uh, hurdles to overcome it as, as a distributed manufacturing network is, is to have control over your suppliers and to keep them engaged and to make sure that they are delivering the components to, to the quality standards that we expect. Um, and so, yeah, having feet on the ground and, and these important locations is something we're certainly looking at expanding and doing. It's a great way to end. Ben, thank you so much for coming on the show. That's been my pleasure, Catherine. Thank you very much for having me.